rising on an emerging generation of kings. Listen, gentlemen, to take us for the next 30 minutes in the service, receive my daughter in the gospel and a gift to the body of Christ. Faith Akon as she comes. Amen. Good morning, church. It feels so good to be back here, standing here. It's so surreal, but um, and I want to give God thanks. I give God thanks for, for healing, for the work that he has done, he is doing in my life. I give God thanks for Pastor Dami for PLT, for this house, because a large chunk of, you know, of what God, of my healing journey, a large chunk of the healing came from here, and I'll get into it. Pastor Dami, thank you very much, sir, for this opportunity to do this. Mm, and in my mind, the song going in my mind is, <laughs> right, because, I mean, it's, We'll get into it, but I give God thanks. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that as I minister, as I share my testimony, that it births healing. It begins, it, 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 it's the start of, for some people, their own healing journey in the name of Jesus. It births healing, instant healings as well, in the hearts and minds of everyone here who needs it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I want to especially thank and appreciate my husband for my darling, beloved, sweetheart, husband, you know, for always supporting me, releasing me to be here. And I don't take it for granted at all. He wanted to be here, but he was not released. So and he sends his regards. Thank you very much, Pidans. Yes, all right. Please sit. It feels weird. <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, I'm going to share my some parts of my journey as I feel led to, and maybe in between, give scriptural references as to. So my journey, my story, didn't exactly start at the point that I'm going to start. But it's like the, the beginning of the major damages, you know, that were done in my life then, you know, and on my mind. And this was in 2011. I was doing my pre-degree program in Obafemiolo University. And then... Um, and it was really at that point, it, it was during that phase of my life that I began to really, really know God for myself. And um, I mean, I have, I've been born again. I had been born again before school, before the university. But there was just this, it was like God, as soon as I got into the university, it was like God launched me into you know, another depth. I found myself stabbing classes, like I could be in a lecture room and the Holy Spirit has taken me and I just literally 
walk out of the the hall to get back to my hostel and just pray, spend hours. I really, most times, didn't know what I was praying for or praying about, but I just know that I was being immersed, really, in that season. This went on for, for so Pretty Great started in January. So this went on for months, basically. But then in March um, of 2011, I, we had done our first contact test. Right, and I, this was my first time being away from my parents and others. So when everybody was like, they are going home. So first, after first contact test, we had like, if first con, we called contact, we called semester contact in pre-degree. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, so, um, so people were like going home and the break was maybe just, I don't think it was up to a week, I can't recall. But I don't think it was up to when I was like, ah, why would I go home? Me that I just finally landed in, in freedom, now that I wasn't going home. So I stayed back. Um, we, there were a few of us in my hostel. Long story short, because I want to manage this time very well. So by the time we resumed, as usual, not everybody would give themselves like a, extra, some number of days extra in their break, you know, before resuming. And so people were coming back to school, but the school was still, yes, county. And in my own, so in my hostel, there were four rooms, four rooms, and there were six of us in each um, room. In my own room, I was the only one who was, you know, in school. So typically we would, after lectures, you would, we work in twos and threes and all that to our um, hostels, but this time around, because the school was not um, in, was just resuming, you know, session, I was the only one. So I had a class around 2 p.m., 3, around 2, yeah, 2 to 3 p.m., and another one for 3 to 4 p.m., and I was feeling tired by the 2 to 3 class. So I was like, I was going to stop the last lecture and just go and rest. And on my way going, hostels were quite far from school. I don't know if anybody knows Moro. Yeah, <laughs> did you school in? Okay, so hostels are quite far from, from school. And we usually had this shortcut that we took. So I was going and I started to hear, and it was a path that, you know, people, so it was a bush path, by the way. And it was a path that people regularly took. So to hear, to hear people walking behind you, beside you, in front of you was not strange because people would always move. And so, so I, started, I, I, I heard footsteps behind me and for the first time for some reason I started to panic. I didn't know, it was just the, the sense of danger, you know, just came on me and I started to um, increase my pace, and I noticed I could hear them increase their pace as I did as well. There were two, two guys, and so they started to call me like, S -s -s yeah. So, and I didn't answer. So, they caught up with me, and long story short, they were they asked me why I wasn't answering them. I asked them what they wanted with me. And they were carrying bags and they opened their bags and asked me to look inside it. And in it were so many knives and sharp objects and all sorts. So at that point I knew that yes, let's get some. 
you know, so, um, so yes, so I asked them what they wanted with me and in literal terms, like they were not even, they said they wanted to F me. And I was caught in between, um, I was caught in between praying, I think I even maybe prayed in tongues. Because <laughs> I didn't know what to do, I was just, and I, I mean, I was just getting into, like I said, I was just getting immersed in the things of God and all that. And, but there was fear, obviously, I saw knives and all that. Anyways, they pulled me off the path into the bush. At the time, I was um, 17, and I had been guarding my hymen with all diligence. So they took turns to rape me. And I remember when, when the first one eventually, so I guess they, didn't, they were not expecting to meet to, for me to be a virgin, right? And so when the first person was trying to get in, he noticed. And, and I remember he, by the time they eventually, eventually penetrated, the first thing that came to my mind was what he bought, like this thing that I had been guarding, you know, was, I mean, it's, it's gone, it's over. And that was obviously one of the things that made it, you know, the more painful. Not to say that if I wasn't a virgin, it wouldn't have, you know, but it was part of it, right? So I, they even stole my 1K. That was, <laughs> that was in my purse, you know. So at the time, so during the test, the first contact test that we did, when we kept our bags outside when entering the hall, my phone was stolen. So at the time, I didn't have a phone. So as I was leaving the scene, when they were done, they asked me to dress up and asked, told me to leave and that I must not tell anybody else they would find me and kill me. And so as I was leaving the scene, fortunately, I met two, ironically, two guys. <laughs> but they were my fellowship members. And so they met me on the way and they um, helped me to my hostel. So it was their phone. I used one of their phones to call my mom. She was the first person that I, that I called, which is one of the things that I am grateful to God for, that there were at, and I'll get into it, at each point, you know, on the healing journey, he put people, you know, in my life. So um, I called my mom. It was really easy for me to talk to her. So I told her the I can't recall if it was that day or the following day. She came to school immediately. My dad then came to pick us. So yeah, it was that day. So she spent the night with me. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night with, I would have dreamt. I, I, that kept happening you know, intermittently. I wake up crying and all of that. There were flashbacks and stuff. So, um, Fast forward to um, when my dad came, he asked me, they took me home, you know, went to the police, Nigerian police, <laughs> please. <laughs> so
So they took me home, and my dad asked if I wanted to return to school and that he was fine. He didn't mind the money that he had spent on the fees, which I knew at that time was, you know, yes. And he said he was fine if I didn't want to go back and touch my heart. But, but I, I did. I went back. And then subsequently, oh, before I, I'm, I feel like I'm jumping the... So I informed my, when I got to the hostel that day, a friend of mine, um, I met somebody. At, at the time we were friends, we were not so close. So this incident that drew us, you know, closer, and she, she didn't even need to ask. When she saw me, she knew what had happened. We, she went, she took me to the, to the bathroom, cleaned me up. We both went to the police together. She took me to the school. What do they call that person again? No, no, before that. Anyway, the person in charge of this, the pre-degree distancia. <laughs> so she was the one who now, you know, referred me to the school medical center where they checked me, cleaned me up and all of that. So, um, and I informed my, my student pastor at the time. And one of the things that he did, or which was the major thing that he did really. So as I was going back home, he gifted me with an MP3 player. Those things were a thing then, yes. And I, if it was something that I had always wished or dreamed, you know, to have, and then he gifted me with it. He has stocked it. He stocked it with messages and songs that I didn't know before. And you know, just gave me that while while I'm away, I should engage myself with this. And that singular act, if that had not happened, if he had not given me that, I probably would not be here today because when I got home, obviously there was, you know, depression and all that I would be in my room crying, there were flashbacks, and every time they came, I would cry. And I remember that I would plug my ears with that MP3 player, and there they were mostly, I can't remember others, but once that marked my mind, there were mostly messages of Andrew Womack and, um, and several songs. And then I would plug my ears, and it would be playing, you know, in a shuffle from messages to songs, to songs to messages, and all that. And each time that I did that, there was relief. Each time that I heard the word of God, there was each time that there was spiritual songs, you know, in my ears, there was relief. And I did a YouTube video recently where I spoke about this. And I gave reference, I quoted um, 1 Samuel 16, verse 14 to 23. And this is really the story of, so the beginning part of you know, that chapter, it talked about how, um, how God told Prophet um, Samuel to go anoint David you know, and all that. But this verse 14, maybe we can, I don't know, project it. Can we? But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Okay, so before you scroll, so this part, I may not have all the 
theological knowledgeable. Anytime I read this, it sounds off to me because I'm like, is it God that puts evil spirits on? Exactly. So I don't think so. So obviously this is Old Testament and their perception of, yeah. But yes, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul because at the time, with the, um, in the Old Testament, there was no, the Holy Spirit was not within them, you know, it was um, upon them, and so he could lift, you know, so this, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and you, God doesn't even need to send evil spirit, because once the Spirit of God has left you, anything, you know, anything goes, so that, I believe that that was what happened there, so because the Spirit of God was no longer with Saul, um, he was troubled, next verse. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp, and it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them by his son David to Saul. So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. Then Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. And so it was whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. I think we can stop there. Yes, and so it was whenever the spirit, the spirit from God was upon Saul that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from me. So I was saying in that video that I said I did that, um, I believe, and I think I even did, I can't remember, I think I did a Google search to find out, because when I read this, first thing that comes to mind is Saul was depressed. If Saul was going through depression, he may have had other kinds of mental illnesses, but it was clear that there was depression in this whole thing. And every time that Saul played, he would feel replaced. And thank you. Every time that David played, you know, he would feel refreshed. And it was the same thing that was happening to me in that season. You know, every time that that, that gloomy feeling will come, that depression would come, and I listened to songs, um, it, would, it would lift. I would feel, you know, refreshed. At the time, it wasn't like... I would feel relieved and then that was the end. It was, for me, the whole thing was a journey and it still is, you know. So, um, and I'm saying this to say that if anything, one, one thing that sometimes we do when we're not maybe well informed and all that is things are going wrong. Have you ever had a heartbreak and then you start to listen to all the heartbreak? <laughs> yes, that's so at that time, you don't, 
we may feel like you know leaning towards those kind of songs and to just wallow in our you know pain but spiritual songs they may be slow they may be fast whatever but spiritual songs because they are words and with and with music there is the spirit of god you know is in it you know and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty so yes um so that was how i went through that period and i remember and I was talking about relationships, how that, you know, when, when we're talking about, which I would even get into, God help me, which I would even get into, we we're talking about um, healing, there was, there's a, there's a place for walking out of, you know, relationships that would not serve you, but there's also a place of entering into relationships that would, um, that would reinforce your, your, what's the word now? That would, that would help your healing, basically. Relationships that, that God will call you into, that God will bring into your life. And, one, and this person, this friend who helped me, cleaned me up and all of that, you know, was that one friend in that one relationship in that season. While I was at home, school was in session. She was not even, so we called, our courses in pretty great combinations because we did not we didn't really have courses so <laughs> so we got them combinations so we had bp bpc i can't remember bcp biology chemistry physics you know and she was not in my combination she was an art student and she would go and take um, notes from my from my com people in my combination and she would do extra cool and dictate my notes <laughs> so, it's a desua. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yes, and knowing that there was somebody who cared that much for me also helped me to to come out of that faster. And I go back to school, um, and I used to say that I can. There is almost nothing I cannot forgive her for. So, um, so yes, and while I was at home, um, one of, I, there was another attack, you know, from the devil. While I was at home, there was just this day I was, my, my parents were like, don't go out, don't just stay in the house and all of that. And I had been at home for a while. And for the first time I felt like stepping out. And I just said, I wanted to get, I can't remember, bread or whatever. And I went out. And my head started to turn. I don't, I don't know what I was like. Maybe I damaged something in the, while the whole rape struggle was going on. I don't know. But, but this was weeks after or so. And my head started to turn. I've never seen that before or heard of that before in my life. It was turning backwards. And it was painful. And it felt like if nothing was done, it was going to snap or something. And I was on the road and I, I, I couldn't, I lost control of it. I could not bring my head, you know, forward. And so I called my parents. I was rushed to the hospital. And, and the doctor was like, they had not brought me on time. Because my, I think he said my tongue was already white and all that, that I, I would have passed. I came out of that, and I give God the glory. 
So thinking of all of these things that I had to go through because of some two unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunate people, right? You know, and and then there was, I mean, when I went to the hospital, when it happened, I had to be placed on antiretroviral drugs in case they were HIV positive for preventive measures. And that itself came with, I don't know if anybody has told you, but they have their side effects. It will weigh you down, it would. So I, I was feeling sick with the depression. And it was just a whole, you know, so you know, that, that, that phase passed. I got back to school and all that. Now the, the depression left you know, at the time, but it left, that, that incident left certain marks in my life that were not good. And along the journey, God has helped me to, to deal with them. One thing that I have learned on my journey is not to rush. While there are testimonies of instant healings, there are things that, that are in your life that you will not even know if you have gone through any traumatic experience, that you not even know that you're dealing with until you come into the phase where, into a phase of your life where that, that thing needs to be exposed. And I have seen God do that, you know, expose. And when, whenever I come into those seasons, he exposes, there's an issue here exposes it shows me where it started why it started trace i trace it back to that incident and he deals with it and you know it's gone so where was i yes so there was low self-esteem that came with it um and because of that it, it just left the holy mat a longing to be to be loved a longing to be to, to feel worthy of, you know, love and all of that. And, and there's a way the devil can lie to you that the attention I was getting at the time from my friend, from my parents, you know, it was sweet to have, you know, and I wanted more of it. And so anybody that came at the time and just, I like, <laughs> they don't completely like you, right? I would just, you know, throw myself at at that, and that would that always led me into even more trauma because I would end up with the wrong people, the wrong relationships, people who would even abuse me on top, you know, of the matter. And this even so I was dating somebody at the time, and this even affected the relationship because I was so I wasn't necessarily having sex, but I was not faithful you know, in the relationship. And it was always, you know, we'd always find out, and I'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you'll forgive. I'll come back again and do it, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you'll forgive, until the relationship, you know, scattered. And I knew that this was something that I needed to, to, I knew that I needed help. And the first thing that came to mind was therapy. At the time, I think that was, that was and this was some years, you know, after. And at the time, therapy was not really this, out there and I wish it was you know so the first person I, I contacted was a pastor who I had it wasn't my pastor personally but it was somebody that I respected looked up to he was quite popular you know at the time in Ife and I had listened to certain sermons you know that he preached and they were good and it was BBM days 
So for some reason, I had this BBM pin. It was long story, and I can't really get into it, but I shall had this BBM pin. It was a friend that gave me. And so I chatted with him and told him that I needed, you know, therapy and help. And, and he said that he knew some therapists in Lagos. And I, I think one of the reasons I contacted him was that I had heard that he studied psychology in school. So, and he said he knew some therapists in Lagos that, you know, he would refer to me and that we should be in touch. And I did. I mean, I'm the one that is looking for, you know, so I kept in touch. And each, every time he would, maybe I, I changed my BBM status, I upload a new photo and he would compliment me. And in the innocence of my, because in the fellowship that I was brought up in, in on campus in Predigree, we were taught about, I was living word fellowship from, um, Global impacts, yeah. So, and it was love was the uh, so I it was like the foundation, the things that we were taught, just like in Kings. No, yeah, the pastor was not in Living World Fellowship. <laughs> so, so because I had that, you know, knowledge and understanding of love, I just had that. I felt that innocence, and I felt like his compliments were just brother in Christ to sister love and all that. I didn't know where there were other things involved. So. But I knew at some point his compliments started getting uncomfortable because he was complimenting things that were my lips, you know. And so, anyways, he asked me to come. So at some point he said he had spoken to somebody and that we should see, myself and him should see. And I was no longer in IFE at the time. I was in, I gained admission, after pre degree, I gained admission in OAU, but I didn't choose the course and I went to Uni Ocean. But I was still very much connected to Ife because of my friends and all that. So I would always, and my boyfriend at the time, so I'd always shuffle. So he asked me to come to Ife, and I did. And you know, he asked me to, he asked us to meet somewhere uh, at a restaurant. On getting to the restaurant, I thought it was. I thought I when he said that, I thought, okay, maybe this person doesn't have an office space. So yes, the restaurant is a public place and it works. But from the restaurant, he called and said he was at the car park. I should come out. I, I got out. I should get into the car. I did, and then we, we drove. And I was like, where are we driving to? And long story short, he started to touch me inappropriately. All I had in mind, you know, was I'm going to have a conversation about the help that I need, who I need to speak with and all that. But every time I try to raise the topic, it will just, it will, it will change the topic. Anyways, that happened like three times. And I remember that on the third time, I had an, I, I, I was so upset, I was done. And I was like, if um, a pastor cannot help me, if, then like there's really if I could have done this to me then there's nobody that cannot do anything to me and I was like and I thank God for those periods of time that I talked about before the rape experience where I was being immersed in God because those were those were the things that that's, those were the things that held me and even though there was a lot tugging you know at my heart and at at my heart for God and all that it, I remained in the faith even though I was hurt you know so uh, I, I remember going back to my hostel after the third time and I was in so much pain 
and I, I wanted something to hold me or, or somebody to hold and I just kept pulling I was on my bed and I was pulling on my bed sheets you know with tears in my eyes and I was wailing and I could not tell anybody that this is what had happened to me and, I, and the only thing I could not even pray and the only thing that I could say was help me and I remember feeling led to raise my hand in the middle of all of that um, experience. And I raised my hand with the last strength you know, that I had. And I kid you not, I felt a hand touch that hand. And I knew that that was Jesus. You know. And in that moment, even though nothing was making sense, and everything was, I didn't know where I was, what was going to happen, how I would move forward and all of that. I knew that God, Jesus was with me in that situation, in what I was going through. And so that singular encounter was what really charted the course, you know, of my healing. God, I'm out of time. Okay. So, um, so that happened, and I remember coming to, uh, and over time, like in that in that process, um, there were several things that the Holy Spirit. So at that point, it was now me and the Holy Spirit. No counselor, no therapist, no. And this is not to say that counseling is about. At that time, I had lost hope in anybody. So if God Himself had not stepped in. It would have, I wouldn't have seen anybody and things would have gone, you know, way worse. So, just decided to teach me was now my therapist and was teaching me what to do part time. So, at a time, at, at, at one time, the people that were around me were not, so this is me trying to heal my, I mean, get my self-esteem back in, in order and not mess around and just jump at anything that says I like you, you know. And I had friends around me who were who were the kind of friends that would be like, you know, sleep with this guy for money or lead this guy on and let him give you money and then you discard him. Always put that <laughs> always put that the, a guy will chat them up and say they should come and you, they'll say, Yeah, send if you collect if and you'll not go. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So and I, at, at the time, I didn't even have the strength because I really wanted people around me. I didn't have the strength to push anybody. Well, by himself, God orchestrated fights that, you know, that separated us. And for a season, I was in solitude. I was you know, in isolation, not in a bad way, you know, but in, I, I could hear God better. I could see God better in that season. And as he was, again, the word, it was, so I started to binge on Sarah Jake's robot. I, I just, I didn't even know her before. I just Googled something about what I was feeling and, and I, I stumbled on her page and I just started to follow, you know. And it was the word that I was hearing that helped me to, to heal that. And, you know, there's this scripture that says, uh, Oh yeah, this Romans 12 to don't, 
I like the ERV version. Don't change yourselves to be like the people of this world, but let God change. Do not be conformed to this world, right? But let God change you inside with a new way of thinking. Then you'll be able to understand and accept what God wants for you. You'll be able to know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. So at the time, I needed to know what is good. I needed to know when somebody says, I like you, that they not really, really like me, that it is something else. I needed to know when a relationship is coming and God is saying, this is for you or this is not for you. You know, and so, you know, binging on the word of God was what helped me to divide, to know my left from my right, my right from my, from my wrong. Right? Because at the time, my mind was clouded with, you know, uncertainties, you know, and all that. So, um, so I, I, and that helped me. And then when I got to a point in that, you know, in that, God started to bring relationships. At that time, he could even now trust me with the people that he was bringing. Because there's a place of, you know, we talk about, sometimes we talk about relationships, about the things that we can get from them. But this, this may be good. And because of my bad behavior, you know, I can hurt God's plan for that relationship. And so he started to trust me with people. And I got into better relationships and friendships. Now, I, I was saying something, Peter, I'm just, can I have like... Five minutes extra. Thank you, sir. So I, I, I was talking about um, so I so I mentioned earlier that face by face God brings you know God brings us into the things shows us the things that we need to heal from and all that. So. At this phase that I just explained, I, I, I had come out of another bout of depression. I had, I had my self-esteem had become boosted. Not, it wasn't yet on at an all-time high, but it was, <laughs> it was a lot better, you know. And, and so, but there were, you know, several other things. And at some point, I discovered that I had. Um, vaginismus as a result of the rape experience. How did I know? Don't ask me. I, <laughs> but I knew, right? And so it was a thing. And because of time, I can't really go into, you know, many details. But getting into, oh, oh God, help me. So when I came to Kings, I need to say this part. So when I came to Kings, at that time I had I was, you know, already recovering from what that pastor had done to me. One of the things that I had decided in my heart was I was not getting close to any pastor in my life again. That I would just come to because I knew that I, I love God though, but I don't love pastors. So so I, so I would come into church you know, expecting to meet with God, and let me just hear the word and go, right? And when I came into Kings after my service here, I came into Kings wanting to explore churches. I had a, Vanessa was the person who invited me to Kings. So we served together in Calabar. And she passed out before me, and she was coming to Kings. And so she, she told me to, come to Kings, to try Kings, because I was going to sample churches. And the first church I actually had in mind was House on the Rock. But 
she now said that house on the road that is on the island that there is that she come to Kings that is even from house on the rock. So, <laughs> so I came that Sunday to say, okay, next Sunday I'll go to house on the rock and then depending on how the thing is doing in my mind. But after that Sunday, I know go to house on the rock because I knew that I had found the place and a lot of healing took place. And I remember then that many people, so I got to, Pastor Dami got to hear my voice after he released his first single and I did like a cover or something like that to it. And so everyone has to say, join the choir, like, join Kini. So because choirs and pastors, they're like this. <laughs> <laughs> so it took me a while before I eventually now joined but I, I could tell and of course from the um, witness of the Holy Spirit that I was safe here and all that so I joined with one eye open and all that but eventually I, I and Pastor Dami got to I shared you know this story this journey with Pastor Dami and um from you know one-to-one -one counseling from uh, and then the word that comes every so Pastor Kings was the first place that I would hear you know a man or a pastor preach or teach openly on matters of the heart and you know mental health and he I remember even then in um, Skate City we used to have this soul it's okay yes you know, and they was like, ah, no, this is the place. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, that just got me, you know, stuck here. I knew that this was a place for me. And, you know, stuff happened even, so this pastor from the past, you know, resurfaced in my space during that period of, uh, what was it called? Let me not talk. That period of, you know, where, uh, so, <laughs> so he, he resurfaced and, you know, he just sort of brought back all of those and, you know, Pidams was very much involved in that. One of the things that even helped me, you see that thing about, about pastors and me not gelling. The fact that Pidams defended me in that season, it just, it just closed that, it closed. So that was one of the things that God needed to deal with. It closed that chapter, like, so now I'm married to a pastor, who could have thought? <laughs> like, who could have, it's not even, so although, at, at the, when I was serving in, in during my NYSC, God has started to speak with, with me about the person I was going to, the kind of person that I was going to get married to. And I already knew that I would marry somebody in ministry. But because of that thing in my heart, I could not come bring myself to say he's a pastor. I would just say minister. <laughs> you know, but eventually, as God will have it, here we are. You know, so God dealt with that in that is just from, and that's why relationships are very, very you know, important. God will bring us, like I said, into relationships past season that would help, you know, that journey. And I pray that if there's anybody here who is who is in need, who needs, and you may not even know that you need it, but that you need a relationship right now that would change, turn around everything for you as regards the healing of your soul, that God will bring you into those relationships right now in the name of Jesus. You begin to connect with them. They'll begin to identify you. You identify them in the name of Jesus. All right, so last, last, but it's not even the last, but I'll just say this as the last thing. 
yes, for this service, you know, is um. So I talked. I I talked about virginismus. I didn't end it. So let me even just end with that. Um. So speaking about faces again. So I decided. Although yes, I had tried to, and that's how I knew that this thing was there, you know. But I decided that I was not even going to, after you know, a while of my journey, I just re-consecrated myself to God, and I was, I was not going to try it. But there was this problem of when I now marry, and it's time to, what will I do? So that was, that was something in my hand. I remember that the Holy Spirit would just keep telling me to, to hold on, to, to just, at least there, uh, there's nothing I can shall do about it right now, in the, except maybe go to the hospital, let them check if there's anything physically wrong and all of that. But, and I remember when, when, I, when I was dating my husband then, it was one of the things that I, I mentioned to him. So, and the man was doing, okay, yes, I get, I understand, when we get there, okay. He did not, he never expected, <laughs> so even during counseling, right? So we did counseling here at Kings and we did counseling in his church. And his pastor is a very, very graphic, you know, person. And I, when we shared this with him as as a struggle that we would probably have, I started to, um, my husband was a, he was keeping himself as well. So it would, I remember it would draw the parts on paper. It was very detailed. This is how to do, this is where to put it. This is where to, <laughs> you know. So after all of that, my husband was feeling like, yes, he now knows <laughs> what to do. <laughs> but alas, <laughs> when push came to shove, it was not, it was, it was not shoving. <laughs> <laughs> right? So then, because I, so there was also fear, and fear is the fear of what was going to happen. The fear of the pain that I was going to feel because of that badness, because it was a really bad day. They couldn't get in, and then one of them just took his finger and just poked in a very harsh way, used leaves. You know how you fantasize how you want to be disvergent and all of that, and it was just really so. Anyways, so um, when uh, so when when we were getting married, my I started my period on our traditional wedding day, and I was giving glory to God because I was like I was delaying my. <laughs> yeah. So we eventually we got married. The prayer shall we shall stop one day, and it stopped, and then he couldn't get in. And it was, and I remember uh, this thing is supposed to be for my YouTube channel, but please still watch my YouTube video, Sha. There was a point, and I'll not give you details so that you can watch it. There was a point that new bride shall run out of the hotel, basically. <laughs> yeah. And this husband was going, we in Ikeja, one, a hotel in Ikeja. I was going around looking for the bride that they just gave me. <laughs> you know? This was a struggle. I'm laughing now, but go funny, man. <laughs> you know, so, but one word that one thing that God told me was so that's which is another thing that I want to say that some of the things that you need to deal with may not, it's not even some of them are not even by yourself some of them are not alone but because I had somebody who was of course he was aware but did not know the extent to which <laughs> you know, 
we were able to conquer that together. You know, we, sh we started small, small, and we were able to conquer it together. It's not all, and another story from that time, it's not all yet, but you know, we were able to conquer that together. And I say all of this, and I wish that I had more time, but maybe next serv second service, I say all this to say that what, if there's anything that I, that I would leave here with is that as long as you take God with you on the journey, he, he's in control. Nothing catches him by surprise. He knows the intricate, the things that you don't even know that you need to heal from. He knows it. When things like this happen, we tend to think, you know, when is this going to be over? When am I going to come out of this? Is this ever possible? Is this how I'll end up, you know, for the rest of my life? It seems like that now, but I, I tell you that if you submit it to God, He'll deal with it. He says the, the, the path of the justice is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. So uh, first day, you shine bright. You, you, you get out of depression. Second day, you shine another brighter. You come out of anxiety. Third day, you shine another brighter. You're coming out of virginismus. You know, and until, until the perfect day. And God will perfect his healing work in our lives in the name of Jesus. Well, let's celebrate God. You know, it requires a great degree of vulnerability, authenticity, faith. I mean faith. To do what you've done and to share your life and your story. And effective ministry cannot be done without you sharing part of your life. Right? Um... You know why? Because at the end of the day, what God wants to do, he doesn't just want to give you a message. He wants to make you a message. In fact, that's God's goal, to give you a message so you can become a message. You know why? We spoke about deliverance earlier, right? What do you deliver? You deliver babies? What do you deliver? A message. So when God delivers you, he's delivering. Did you get that? When God delivers you, he's delivering a message. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being open. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for walking the journey. I know some people might not be able to identify with it, but if you've been through some pain, or some disappointments or things the animal wanted to use to shame you, you will be able to understand the power of what God has done. And before we close this uh, second service, she's still going to speak a little bit, but it's going to be more of an interview because I know that there are questions. So if you have a question, you could just send it right now to the office number. Can you display the office number? the king's official number on the screen just just send it if you want your name to be there it can be there if you don't want your name to be there it's all right and if you're online as well look out for the number in the comments
I know that there is healing happening already. She shared many things and she shared maybe God took you back to certain places in your life where you're able to identify that this happened but God was there all along. I'll talk about that in the second service. Or maybe for the first time you just feel seen, heard the first time. Kalova Nizabashan. Don't waste this moment. Don't waste this moment. Can you speak to God? Harata nefru palasian tabakro vodijas. this one and just want us to pray with you personally beyond the general prayer or you just want to come to the altar and offload and pour your heart before God and to just make this God I'm not going back from this point I'm not going I'm not going to deal with the cycle of pain and disappointment and shame it does not have to be anything as graphic as rape it could be abandonment injustice but something you couldn't get over if you're one of those people who want to be prayed for this morning please come to the altar very quickly and some of you need to just wail and cry out Oh, my God. 
Lord, with all of his hands lifted, everybody lift your hands. And if you can afford to stand, stand. Lord, I ask in the name of and who have believed a lie that it never happened. Lord, I thank you because you are giving them true liberty and not false freedom. In the name of Jesus, Lord, meet everyone on their journey. Wherever they are, let every life be touched. Let every soul be healed. Let the brokenhearted find freshness and newness again. Thank you, Father. Thank you that your daughter is covered. She's protected. She will not be a casualty of ministry. For the enemy is unhappy that she has taken a stand, not only for healing and for the gospel, but she has made a public declaration that healing is part of the redemptive process. Lord, we cover by the grace and the mantles of Christ. Every countermeasure, every counterattack, we paralyze 
they will not come near you and your husband and your children in the name of Jesus as you share boldly your life will not be a contradistinction to what the Lord has ordained concerning you thank you father we give you praise our king in Jesus name we've prayed somebody celebrate God for what he has done for what he has started Hallelujah. Can we celebrate and thank her for bringing the word? Is that what you're going to do? Don't get familiar. The generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.